0: Three, two, one. Welcome everybody. I I am Stefan Adico. You know who I am. I know who you are. Today we got a special show in the hot seat today. Guess who's supposed to come on? He's running a little late. Lawrence Gowan of Sticks. He's supposed to come in the hot seat. We're gonna go live. We'll stream it live. I figured, what the heck? Let's speak with Lawrence from Sticks. We'll see what he's up to. Stories about his album. He did an album called... Uh, it was Criminal Ways. Well, it's not really Criminal Ways, I believe. But you know what? We're going to talk about all that and much, much more. He'll be coming in the studio. But in the meantime, you kids, check the, check out the beautiful intro. Yeah. Oh, you're handsome and debonair. Lawrence Gowan of yeah, Stairn. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm on with Stefan right now. I'll call you later.
0: Welcome. Welcome, Lawrence. How are you doing, man?
1: Okay. No problem, All right. Hey, Stefan, how are you?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. How about you? Look at this. Bam. Look at that. Lawrence Gowan oh. of Sticks in the house right yeah. now. And uh, I figured, you know what, we just go live and then I'll edit this out afterwards with the people. One, One, one second, Stefan. Yeah. The spelling
1: of my last name is
0: G-O-W-A-N. Oh, did I get it wrong? That's okay. You know what? I'm from yeah. Brooklyn. This is what I did. I did wrong. Let me look at that again. Yeah, it's an E instead of an I, I am yeah. so sorry. A-N. Yeah. A-N. No. Wow. Well, let's just end the interview. I'm over and done with now. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's a complete disaster. All right, Ian. Well, thank you for being here, man. Thank you very much.
1: Great to see you again.
0: Yeah. You Well, we had a great conversation. We were getting deep about stuff.
1: Yeah, where did we leave off anyway?
0: God, we're talking about, you know what, the John Lennon estate that you yeah. recorded, Oh yeah, nice Criminal Minds and all that. And we'll talk about that. You had a gig last night?
1: We played last night, yes, in Indianapolis, and tonight we're playing here in Cincinnati, as you can see I'm staying under a bridge um <laughs> it,
0: it, well, i thought it was your stage production i thought maybe you brought a bed to the stage that's yeah, what I that's, I, right. I that's what it looks like man I you know it's
1: become much more sedate yeah there's a there's a little nap break in the middle of no it's just this hotel room it's like look at this whole let me
0: see what you got bridge. going and on there kind of, it's the brooklyn bridge it looks is? like
1: it's not a, it, well i don't know if the brooklyn bridge is a roebling bridge but there's a there's a yeah. Yeah, a man named Broebling, Roebling, R-O-E-B-L-I-N-G. That, that, that is, he built these bridges back in the 1800s. I'm guessing, and there's one just out the window there, here in Cincinnati. I can show it to you if you like. Hang so on. wait
0: a second, you dug, you went down in the history books on this. You were, you went deep over here about oh, the I, I, lo-
1: I love traveling in America and discover Here, hang on, I'm going to show yeah, you. Show us, okay. So you show see us. That? Thank That's, you, Danny. So, you know there. Oh yeah. That's a Roebling Bridge. It's one of these amazing suspension type bridges. I hope I'm giving you a good camera. Yeah, here. yeah. Cincinnati over there, and yeah, I got up, came here in the middle of the night, of course, as we normally do, and I got up and walked across the bridge this morning. It's one of my favorite spots. And then close these over again. I mean, yeah. What the hell? So they've they've uh, done some beautiful artwork here behind the bed, and I, I had a wonderful dream about. Uh, I met a troll, and he asked me three questions. And, he let me cross the bridge. And <laughs> <got him right. laughs> so the show went.
0: Your show went great last night, huh? Good, good. You're out. you out with Loverboy, Arie, Speedwagon, it, correct?
1: Yeah, to say okay. it went great is an understatement. Quite frankly, there were 16,000 people there. There was not, and, and it was raining, and none of them left. Amazing. I mean, the devotion that people have had to these shows is just phenomenal. You know, the the night before we were in Indianapolis, uh, yeah, the night. Before, We were in uh, Detroit, again, fully like jammed. After that, we were in St. Louis, 19,000 people, biggest audience we've ever had in St. Louis. Wow. Really staggering, quite honestly, and just such the atmosphere that's being created in these shows is so – it's the the vitality of people coming back to their their concerts is really – You you know, it's funny
0: that you say that because last night I went – I drove two hours. My friend is the backup singer, Sharon Solani, for Stevie Nicks. And I oh. went, and you know what it's like to get tickets when you're giving tickets out to guests. I I, I was not gonna go. And it's raining in Washington. So it was like a two hour drive. And then she's like, I really have to use to my tour manager, pull some strings. I go, Sharon, I'm going. And I ended up not only going by support Stevie Nicks, I bought she has great merch and um really cool. These hoodies. Right. I never buy merch, but the show is so magical. Yeah. And the order, it was raining, pouring. Yeah. And the audience, it's like a religious experience. I think is, they've been left it It's, it's long. the
1: closest thing in our life. A great rock show is the is the most soul lifting experience that I, I have a, a, that I've experienced in my life. It really is, and I I can't recommend it high enough. You know, I mean, uh, and, and I know exactly how you feel. I know that, for example, the last show I got, went to before the pandemic was Elton John, and it's funny, because even in Toronto, he was playing Toronto, I was kind of reluctant, I don't know why, to go and see the show, because I've seen him so many times, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moment I got there, and he hit the very first chord of the show was Benny and the Jets. The moment he hit that chord, I was like, what was I thinking? I, this is the greatest place on earth right now. And who would want to be anywhere but here? It's And it just, for the next two hours plus, it was magical. And then... After the pandemic and after we'd played a bunch of shows with sticks, the first concert I got an opportunity to go to was Genesis, and oh wow! Again, I had these silly little nagging things in my head of like, oh, but Phil Collins is not going to be playing the drums. Oh, I, do, I want to keep that memory alive of watching him play. I, you know, you know, wringing my hands, you know, like should I? And um, I went to the show. It might have been the greatest Genesis show I've ever seen. It might have been the greatest. He his, he embodied so many of the lyrics of their songs. He now had, personifies. He had to sit down and sing these songs. His son is right behind him, nailing the drum parts, like just nailing them, putting a whole youthful vitality into wow. the songs again. And again, I felt like no wonder people love this so much. It's like it's, it's not just me you know, and, and I can say at a stick show, as I look across the stage at the other guys, I'm sometimes as entertained as the person in the front row. Yeah. Yeah. In a better seat.
0: Yeah. I I mean, it was, it definitely, music is healing. And uh, as we get older, we get stuck in our ways. I don't want to do anything. I don't want, I want to stay home. But when you get there, you're like, what was I thinking?
1: and, And you obviously had that last night with Stevie Nicks and that's, fantastic
0: it, it was just it was a it was a great she has a great band and she actually had Ben benmont She was playing keyboards he was filling oh, in. Wow. he was filling in i didn't realize it you know he has his hat and i'm looking when i stop dragging my heart i go the, the sound because when when you have the guy there his sound i'm yeah. like this sounds identical and yeah, i'm beautiful. looking so it was it was cool so you guys both played in the rain sticks nicks there everybody's playing in the rain but the people are not they're not it's hiding crazy. they're coming out
1: Sticks, Nicks, and I don't know about the fix, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> I think we're writing
0: a song. So, the last, so right now, everybody watching in the chat, if you're here watching, um, I believe this might have been from last night's show, an ad maybe, yeah, this is that's where you played last night, am I correct? Uh
1: let's see now, River Bend, yes, that's yeah,
0: that's where you really guys play. Right. Uh, wait
1: right. a minute, no, 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 that's that's coming up tonight. Oh, is tonight. that tonight? No, 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 hold oh, on, oh, yeah, that's
0: tonight, yeah. okay, June 11th. It was a different
1: river, I don't remember if it bend.
0: So this is where you're playing tonight, Riverbend yeah. Music Center. So if you guys are out there, jo- go get the tickets. Check them out now. Remember we were talking about ticket uh, scalpers if they still exist. Yeah. So, you know. So you guys, are you getting crazy with Loverboy? Is, is is Mike watching you at the side of the stage, giving you sting eye? What's yeah. going on? Yeah.
1: No, you're right. He's yeah. He's giving me. I don't know the sting eye. He's giving me the Reno eye. Uh, <laughs> the Reno eye. Yeah. <laughs> So he, uh, yeah, he's boy, he sounds so good right now. Their, their band is they set the bar pretty high every single night, you know. So, whoever either Acerario, whoever has to follow them, have uh, you, got, you got to be on your game. Lover Boy are so good. They grab the audience and people know those songs so well. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that they're still, uh, you know, thriving and, and playing, leaning into it to, to the degree that they are every night.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they're a great band. I mean the whole the whole the whole tour that you get the whole everybody on that lineup is great. Yeah, you know, you know Love Boy, and then you get you guys coming.
1: Well, you're, you're getting over four hours of of, of classic rock wheel, you know, you're so familiar with the with, with these songs and with these bands and you've probably got great life experiences with them that uh, that that are reawakened the moment you start to see us, us play live. And uh, you know, I, I think it's you know, uh, you and I are obviously um, true disciples of it. And, and I see, you know, thousands of people every night that feel the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except if I spell your name right, and I'll be perfect, be the perfect interview. I you can't but- do everything. I got, yeah, I, you can't do anything. So the last time you were here, which the internet was not on our side we were talking about your album strange animal we oh talking, yeah we were talking about that and and i don't want to take away from what you guys are doing now you know on the tour that you're doing and everybody go out there i'll put links in the below in the description click on it and find sticks where they're playing you'll see a great show and uh because these shows that are out there right now with bands like with you know sticks Ario, and you know all these people out there lover boy this is the music that's you're never gonna get back again. This is the time now to see these guys, you know, in their prime. You guys are sounding better than ever. I stalk you on YouTube, Lawrence. Don't don't get don't get wild and crazy with me. But now I'm a Beetle goofball. <laughs> At least least out of all these YouTube podcasts you do, I'm the funniest one. I don't do a long intro and tell you your life story. I've seen some of these guys out there what they're doing. Stop stop. If you don't know what who you are, and you'll, if you don't know what they're watching, get the hell out of here.
1: Now listen. <laughs> now listen. Are, other, are there other choices on the internet? I think this might be the only show.
0: I, I think I'm the only one out there. In my mind, I'm big and famous. My, well, my wife tells me. So so now I got to know about Tittenhurst Park in England because yes. for you guys out there that don't notice and have seen some of this, that was John Lennon's home where he recorded Imagine and this gentleman right here Mr. Gowan got to, he got to record his album Strange Animal, and Ringo was living there. We were talking about this. Yeah. Let me geek out again. Can we go down memory lane again? I I love talking about this. This this is great. And I had some pictures pulled up here because if people don't notice, the Hey Jude album cover, that was originally where the Beatles, um, you know, they did their magic there. That was the, the backside right here. There's there you pool. go. Yeah, There's that's the home,
1: right? That's Tittenhurst Park. There, right in that front room, you know, kind of more or less behind where uh, George is standing. You know, yeah, but, you know, that that's where they shot the imagined video in oh, there. But window. The studio, but the studio itself is more off to the side that Ringo is, is standing on. So just basically to his right, there was an extended room there, extended uh, that was the studio, and that's that's. Directly connected to the kitchen, and so the kitchen door was like, you know, just maybe fifteen feet away from the actual control room, and so they they would hear us making the record, and it was that a great moment. Where every few days, you know, Ringo would come into the studio, and oh, these are great photos you're showing. Yeah, they're great. He'd come into the studio, make some really encouraging comment about one thing or another. Yes, I'm glad you got that picture. Yeah, God, it's amazing to even look at that because I. It, it really seems extremely
0: recent. Look at you right there, huh? The cool leather yeah. jacket, but you're standing right over there, right where yeah, the Beatles. pretty much
1: the same spot. That's the same right. same spot. Yeah. That's right. And what's really remarkable is I don't know if the house has stood up so well, but I, I look the same today.
0: You You know <laughs> how you look at you? You do look the same. What do you do? Look at this.
1: I don't you, think so, but okay, sure.
0: You, you know, hey, let me, hold on. I <laughs> like your <laughs> hair. I on my face. No, the hair. <laughs> you do on. You do the salt and pepper look. It looks good. You don't, you don't look. Like you know, like some of these guys out there, they look they they, they, don't, they don't you work out. I I know you do and the hair, you take care of yourself. You get do you have a designer or oh, your wife is helping you dress?
1: <laughs> First of all, I love how you lowered your voice. Like you do not really hear us talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of thing that we're just well, between you and I. And between about you, about you and I. Bro. Um, you know, I find um yeah, I, I, I do consult. Uh, I, do, I do consult a few people that, that, that whose uh, judgment I trust before I go and, uh, you know, uh, make a fool of myself. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you know, it's not, not a bad idea to ask someone, you know, someone that you think is dress is okay. How, how does this look? Is this okay? Look, the, the ladies love
0: you out here. Look, Debbie says, "Look, love these pics." Look at this. You get in the hearts. Look at that. Look at sweet pics. Seven seven, Danny. Wow. They, 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 the women out there. How's your wife handle this? Huh? She's um, <laughs> the whisper. I
1: don't know. Boy. I, I don't know. <laughs> First of all, I'm very lucky in that
0: department. <laughs> you are lucky. Now let's get back to the story. Look right here. Here's another great picture. Right there. Look. There it is.
1: Yes, that's in front of. Remember we were talking about, I, I, we called it the temple. It's yes. actually, we don't even know what this was, but in the, in the 1800s when this um, place was built, this was perhaps where we speculated this could be where they kept their artwork or something of that nature, but in that room, and I can't really see through the, if you look to, to, to my left. Yeah. I
0: see like a box of something there.
1: Box right? of something there. Okay. So in there, you know, I didn't take a whole lot of pictures inside, et cetera. And, and, uh, uh, this one, I think, was taken by uh, by the producer or, or by his cousin Andy. And anyway, uh, in there were all of Ringo's old artifacts from the from the Beatle years. You know, I saw all these, the collarless suits and Sergeant Pepper outfit. And there, was, there were some, uh, like his kits of drums. I, I recognized every kit stacked up, all these uh, Ludwig, you know, kits of uh, uh, drums, etc. And I, you know, uh, they were in storage and... But in the moment, we had a job to do, which was we put Jerry Murata's drums in there and recorded because it had a great ambience in there. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> God, now I think about it, you know, when we wanted the mics to sound a little bit closer, mic sounding, we'd move some of the some of the clothes a little bit closer on the clothing rack, just move the whole rack over. Just <laughs> That's over. funny. But what was on that rack was these are historical pieces <laughs> of, you know, pretty priceless but at that time in 1984 Ringo would only have been about if yeah like 44 years old so i think he was you know very much still a a young man looking ahead to what future projects he was going to do and this was kind of the old stuff that he was just kind of hanging on to for whatever reason back then and uh, i heard that subsequently years later he became one of the biggest beatle fans in the world and was like, much more careful with his things i remember one day i asked his assistant I don't know if you have this shot. Mike O'Donnell asked, "Where's where?" This is before I saw the kit stacked up in the room. There, I said, "Doesn't he have the Beetle kit set up with the drum head on it and the whole thing?" You know, I'm thinking it's like, but no, not at that time. He was he was actually moving on to doing the, his uh, Thomas the Tank Engine as the Mister Conductor. In fact, he started that while we were there uh, at the studio. But uh, Mike uh, Mike says. I'll ask him whether he's got the drum head around here. He's got the drum head around here somewhere. And and he brought that. out the Beetle drum head. He said, Yeah, it was in the front closet, like behind a bunch of shoes and stuff. And it was the holy grail of drum heads, you know. Let's face it. it. Yeah. In fact, I'll I'll really geek out on you. This is how holy grail it was. When I looked at it up close, there's a great shot of me holding it. I don't know if you have that one, but
0: I don't have it. I, I I got. I'm going to put overlays over here. Somewhere in
1: my computer here, I'll find it. But, uh, but uh, the drumhead, really up close, I could see where uh, the original artist who had come up with the logo, I suppose, had a different logo there in pencil behind it. That they obviously started that way and went, "Ah, that's not quite it. Try something else." Uh, and to see that, I didn't, that's not captured in the photo, but to see how he he penciled in this other. Thing like it was almost like looking at a canvas of you know, I'll go, I'll go extreme here. It's be almost like looking at the Mona Lisa up close and going, Oh, look, he he actually had her with uh, you know, with her teeth out at first, you know, like and then he decided, "Mm, Let's go with this kind of smile. It was the nuance of that was, was astounding, and then to have the actual man, you know, walk in the room and make some kind of Cracky, great sense of humor about all kinds of things. That's what
0: I'm geeking out now because I'm imagining it. So, can you see where the markings were? Where he erased it and then he's like fixed yeah. it. Up? he did well, it with a pencil. I don't know who
1: the artist was, but yeah, you could actually see where he would taken the uh, eraser. That's wild. No, not that, and then and come up with the uh, with the, the, the logo that we know so well.
0: So the original, so the original, it's really it's all by hand. It wasn't like some, you know. It looked like it was by hand. Yeah,
1: it, it looked very much like it was by hand. To to wow. my eye, it looked very much by hand. I don't. I don't think it was. Uh, yeah, I think he came up with you know sh- shaping it and then kind of maybe even stenciling it or something of that nature. But uh, yeah, really, quite what a
0: great, what a great, you know, an interesting top. Like who did the long T? Because before that drum, long it was te- a, the long T yeah. because before that there was another beetle, almost like in a cursive writing. Remember that one? Yes, I do days? remember that
1: one. I remember there was even one, I can't remember if it was the silver beetles, but there was one that had little little you know, bug antenna coming out yes. of it. Yes. Yes, I remember that.
0: I remember that. You know yeah, yeah.
1: They were really good at spotting what what would uh, what would not age well. They were very uh, they were good at a lot of things that band.
0: Are you can now? So you're over here recording this great record and uh, of yours, and and you have Ringo walking around, walking around a uh, gentleman with his coffee and, or his tea in the morning, I would say, right? Whatever he's drinking, I don't know what
1: was in that mug, but uh,
0: <laughs> but he's he's out there, you know, not don't play after 10. What's that whole scene like?
1: 8 p.m. 8 p.m. We had to knock it off then. Okay, I'll tell you a quick, quick little story there. Um, quite often in the studio, there's, there are long pauses where you, um, you know, you'll either go out for a little stroll or, you know, they're, they're working on some technical aspect of it that uh, that I, I'm really of no use to, uh, of no assistance. So I'd be reading a book, you know, I was reading, uh,
0: I, think I was reading a lot of Herman Hess
1: books back then. And uh, anyway, I think I mentioned this earlier, but Ringo had, um, he had, he had dogs loose on the property, you know, uh, uh, security dogs, dogs. Uh, uh, one in particular was Leo. He was a German shepherd who uh, was not very friendly to, uh, to Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> anyone that wasn't of the, the immediate family, let's put it that way. And no matter how much you tried to coerce this dog, he was far too well trained. Uh, anyway, Leo, you had to – there was a pub next door. You had to call and say, okay, we're here now. Usually around noon, just before noon. here now. Call Leo in. Um Apparently, just before I arrived, there were three dogs, but they were down to one main one, and he put it out with Leo. And uh, so, okay, Leo, get him in his pen. Mike is the assistant do dude. Anyway, you couldn't just walk out of the studio if Leo was was roaming the grounds loose, you know. Uh, And there were plenty of signs saying to people, you know, don't come on this property. Uh, You're not welcome here, et cetera, et cetera, you know. uh, like that, you know, just basically trying to draw a line. And uh, if you think of, of the of the historical fact that it was 1984, uh, you can think of all kinds of reasons why security was.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, right after
1: uh, yeah 1980 a high, a high uh, significance. Anyway, so um, where am I going with this? Yes, one night it's getting toward eight o'clock, so it's the end. You know, it's the end of the day, and we're kind of winding down and. Suddenly, uh, I wonder if you ever remember this. I, I doubt it. But it went, suddenly I'm standing outside the studio reading, just just kind of reading a book, listening to what's going on, with the, working on a tape machine or something. And suddenly the kitchen door opens. And Ringo comes in and he's kind of, I think he was in his jammies actually, you know, they're nice looking. But he comes in and he looks really concerned. And he goes, he goes, are you all right, pal? Comes up to me and says that. And I said, yeah, why, well, what's up? He goes, I just saw someone, I saw Leo tear across the yard, and I think, I thought I saw someone kind of disappear into the, uh, there's an area called the Wibbly Wobbly Way, it's a great, great, whimsical walkway, it was something about a Lewis Carroll or something, yeah. and, uh, uh, he thought it was me, that I just wandered out onto the grounds at night, and, uh, and that the dog, was, uh, having me for dinner, and, uh, It was just a great moment because I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, God, thank you for your concern, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) God, that is yeah. You know, think about it. 1980, Lenin was assassinated, and then it's only four years. And so, picture the nightmares he's having. Can it happen to me? I mean,
1: well, I I don't. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a concern about trying to live, you know, a relaxed and, and you know, quote unquote normal life and having this uh legacy behind you that was going to be part of your daily existence, and how people can uh, infiltrate on that and and uh yeah intrude upon that in uh dangerous ways, obviously. And,
0: and yeah. the, but but you also on, on that album, and you were talking about it the last time you heard the great bassist Tony Levin played yeah. bass on this record, who's amazing, part of the double fantasy legacy
1: with That's Lennon. Right. That's right. Yeah, I, I would ask him quite a few questions about that. I still do. Do you oh, really? You keep yeah, a good relationship him, with Tony? With Grim- oh yeah, yeah. I saw him with King Crimson just, uh, just a couple of months, mu- just a few months before the pandemic. Before I saw Elton, a couple of months before that in Toronto, and uh, as great as ever, uh, Tony is. And um,
0: yeah, what a what a phenomenal
1: musician, and just his his choice of things to play on the songs was just it's great. I mean, the Strange Animal record. I'm about to play it. Pretty much in its entirety at the end of this month. I go, Are I'm, you? Are you yeah, doing? Okay. We do three, three gallons. <laughs> when Sticks take a little break, I go and do these gallon shows in in Canada, and uh, we're we're playing Regina, Calgary, and, and Winnipeg, and then we go and play Peterborough, Ontario. So we do four shows with a, with a full band, and most of the show is still a Strange Animal record. is is one of the, the main focus of uh, of those shows because the songs and the the album is stood up. Uh, a Criminal Mind, which is a song that Sticks play. As well, um, it, it recently it was a gold single, but it recently passed. Uh, yeah, there you go. It's a platinum single now, so it's continued to uh, to sell. Yeah, and, uh, and people discover it over the years, and you know, I, I love that's one of the aspects of social media that I love. Yeah. Being in sticks, is people do discover that I had this previous life where there were, there are albums and and, uh, and and a whole musical uh, story that, um, that preceded it as you're. Pointing out
0: right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're going down the rabbit hole. How one avenue is leading us to from from being on tour right now, with sticks, from recording at Lenders Estate and now this Criminal Mind, which was the al- the album, 85, it was a strange animal. Yeah. um, But Crim- Criminal Mind was a great, a wild video. So anybody out there watching, if it's your first time hearing about this, Google it because the video is really cool. But it was a- it, It's very, very 80s, but it was
1: but it, it was, it was cool. the first one to use that rotoscope. dramatic.
0: Yeah, it was that,
1: like... that rotoscope technique where I turn into a cartoon character. That is the first video that used that, despite what it says on Ahaz's uh, Wikipedia page.
0: But but you guys were a big, big hit out
1: there. because the, the States, the problem yeah. was you weren't getting out here to push here, well, but you guys think, were doing tours. I, I, can't remember, I can't remember if we discussed that before, Stefan, but the way the music industry was, uh, in, like you and I right now, this is a worldwide broadcast. Radio. Anyone can watch this. Yeah. Right? That's not the way that the uh, particular, the major labels – uh, you know, Columbia and, and Capital and and uh, Warner Brothers and AM, those are the big four. Um, oh, there's a nice message. Saw the mm-hmm. original Strange Animal Tour in St. John's. Yeah, great, thank you very much, poor trout. That's right, very nice, very so, nice. Um, anyway, the, uh, the, the major labels would quite often. Divide up the world as to who got, you know, an American release and who got, you know, British release, and and there were artists that that were relegated to one part of the world. You know, you know, could, you could be a huge artist in Germany and people don't know you in America. You know, or and even even British artists or some bands in Britain that could play stadiums and weren't heard of in in Canada or America. And for me, with CBS Records, it was it was a frustration that. Um, No matter how well my records did in Canada, it just didn't seem that they wanted to release them in in the US. They controlled the market. Anyway, this is very boring, but it's no, it's it's not. No, it's very interesting. It's the reality of what the music industry was then compared to now, where everyone gets a worldwide release. You and I can record a song right now on this thing and go send, and everyone Uh can hear it. That was not the case. I did sell quite well in certain cities in America uh, on import. You know, they had, they'd have an import section and, and some radio stations, uh, WMMS in, uh, I think that's the one in Cleveland, WDVE in Pittsburgh and a station in Buffalo, I should know offhand. They were very supportive. And so when I when I did a tour where I opened for Tears for Fears in those cities, people recognized the stuff. And, and uh, you know, a criminal mind actually was in the top 20 in Cleveland to where I returned that year in 85 and opened for foreigner <laughs> on foreigner for wow. uh, them at the richview coliseum and, and it was encores and everything and i remember the local cbs rep going on I, I don't understand why we're not promoting this record in america and, and later I, I began to realize that part of the, the business of the music side of things was to control the market uh and and not not flood it with too much material you know mm-hmm. because then you're not you're not going to be able to make the profit anyway as i said before people are falling asleep to this at this point anyway oh no,
0: no no this is no it's it's your life and it's the frustration yeah. of being an artist who has this great material it's like why <laughs> i
1: don't know. want to you know, here's the other side of that it's not the worst complaint to have about your life it's just it's the way it's the way it went and my career in canada was really fantastic. I, I would go from coast to coast, from St. John's, Newfoundland, who we just saw the message from, all the way to Victoria, BC. And that was a wonderful way to spend my life, is crossing the country over and over and over. And then in the 90s, I expanded that a little bit because being born in Scotland, I still had my British passport, so I could go and work in England. And I began to play a lot of pubs and, and uh, basically start to build my career there. I did a whole an entire tour of Britain where I opened for the Stranglers. And that's one of my greatest musical memories. It was like 28 dates just throughout the UK, myself just on solo piano. And uh, that band was, you know, what a devoted audience they had there, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, so I, I expanded a little bit. But then when, yeah. when Sticks happened, I suddenly, you know, I suddenly was in the American uh, market most of the year now in the, in America and and loving it and playing with this legendary band of guys that uh, that I, I enjoyed playing with them last night on stage as much as I did in my very first show 23 years ago
0: you know I seen you guys play a, a while ago and we talked about it I went with my buddy Eric singer my friend and uh, hey, we, said, yeah, yeah right. and 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 I'm I think it was at Universal and and I think they switched theaters like it went away. I'm not sure we talked about it. And it was a great package show. I remember it was you might have been out there with REO. I mean, I think really? it might have been. And yep. uh, I remember seeing that was my first Sticks concert. And I was like, these guys are great because Eric is friends with Ricky, your bass player, Ricky Phillips. And um, right. it was it was great. I had a great time. And the music was just I remember mean,
1: what, remember what year that might have been?
0: It's oh, yeah, it was definitely over 10 years. It had to be over 10, 10 years ago because I was still living in Burbank at the time before I left to go to Central Coast, California.
1: Because since we're in the name dropping, uh, <laughs> let's let's name drop. Hey, of the, of the, pick of up, the, up that name. <laughs> I remember it, one of the first shows I played at Universal with, yeah. I had a phenomenal experience, and it was that you know, I'm on the spinning keyboard that I use. And right in the first row, right in front of me, and standing, because the audience is usually standing up, by you know, at least, you know, for the last half of the show, if not more, was Mickey Dolans of The oh, Monkey. Wow. wow. Looking at him, I'm just thinking, oh, man, I watched The Monkey. I, every episode I watched. Yeah. The, and even he came backstage afterward, and I thought I'd be clever. I told him that my, my aunt from Scotland, my Auntie May, she brought me a book. When I was a little kid, when she came over for a visit to Canada, and she brought me a book called Circus Boy, and it was Mickey Dolan's, blonde-haired Nick Mickey Dolan's on the cover, and uh, I told her, you know, my, the first book I, I uh, first book I ever read was was Circus Boy, and you were on the cover. He he wasn't overly surprised. He wasn't. He wasn't. Very, you
0: know? <laughs> well, you know. But you could see here you are doing your show, you know, you're out there, you're mm-hmm. standing, you're dramatic, singing all these great songs, yeah. and Mickey's watching, you figured I-, I got the license right now to, to 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 talk to the guy and then it goes wonk wonk it's all
1: sudden yeah, well because I, I, I this <laughs> yeah, exactly bomb. Well yeah, I fanboyed out. That was it. I fanboyed. Out. It's okay uh, to fanboy out. You know what? Oh, yeah, sometimes you can't help it. So,
0: so I did the same about- thing. I did the same thing with but yeah.
1: you know something great thing that I'm really really appreciative of is last year uh, one night um, it was one of the last, it might have been the last show they did and Mickey and uh, Mike Nesmith uh, did a show from the Greek Theater where we've played often now in in Los Angeles at least three or four times and uh, I got to watch that because it was was streamed someone was streaming it Mm -hmm. and Oh my god! Because that—that was the last time we saw Mike Nesmith with him, and and uh, yeah, it's. Um, I was really glad I got to see that. So thanks, Internet. Yeah,
0: yeah. I you know what I've seen it. too. It, it's touching. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And and, and Mike, um, God, he was so good. He was.
1: But a week later, we were playing in. Oh shoot! I should remember this. I think it was. I think it was in Oklahoma. Pretty sure it was. In fact. I'm trying to remember, it might have been in Tulsa. Anyway, the, the monkeys had been there just two weeks prior to us playing. So, so about a week before I saw that that broadcast um on streamed on, on YouTube, I think it was. And uh I just thought, wow, I'm on the same stage tonight where those guys were just a couple of weeks ago. And he had a, he had a great band, and those songs, those songs stand up, you know. They really do. They were, they were mm. good tunes.
0: That part of that brill building, they had all those writers back then, and oh, yeah, Neil, yeah. Neil yeah. Diamond, all these greats. And but yeah. they they were great too, you
1: yeah. oh, know. The, the Voice and Heart team that, yeah, oh, they, they put together a lot of those monkey songs and some of their own. I mean, Mike Nesmith, you know, um, uh, different drum, um, yeah, I think it's different drums. That's one of the best songs ever. Oh, yeah. I think, I think he wrote the song for um Linda Ronstadt, right. Mm-hmm. He actually wrote it for for the monkeys, and it was rejected for some reason. And uh, Linda Ronstadt sang it, and we know that version, you know, forever. But uh, great lyrics to that song, great great tune. Yeah, they wrote great stuff themselves.
0: And think about his mother also. She was the inventor of White House. Yes, yes. We have you're a little, a little <laughs> we're going back about without trivia. You know, yeah. I. You could
1: use that on the E in my name at the beginning.
0: Just the you e. know, you're never going okay. to, I'll never get you back on the show now. See so <laughs> I hope I do. You know, I had my gig out. I was getting excited because I was at a place in, in in North, in Sherman Studio City. And it was called the Oyster House, a little bar. And there was Davy Jones sitting there. No, oh, was, but nice. I didn't go up. I didn't go up to him because I wasn't playing a gig. I was just a guy. And I got, just, I just stared like a little stork, you know corner yeah. of my eye but yeah. it was i mean one of the greatest i gotta geek out with you because i'm a big fan of the band and the first time i heard of ronnie hawkins was from the band you know when he came out in the last waltz martin scorsese's movie yeah. you got to play with him right you were
1: playing I, did. I did. the late great ronnie hawkins
0: what was that like
1: i happy to tell you and uh, you're bringing up some great stuff here that i didn't think i'd get a chance to talk about much so ronnie hawkins um it's a legendary kind of. He's an American. Came from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. He moved to Canada at the very end of the fifties. I think fifty nine, maybe early sixty. And he was the first authentic, let's call it that, voice of rock and roll that came to to Toronto to Canada. And you know the jazz clubs, I believe, were kind of transitioning toward. You know, should we should we play some of this this rock music? Sorry for all these dings. It's okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, Ronnie uh, was the first, you know. He had the American accent. He, he, you know, was vying for a contract with Sam Phillips, you know, in in, in Memphis, and uh, it, it wound up going to uh, to a guy named. Uh, Hang on, I remember Elvis Presley. That was <laughs> and uh, so Ronnie came to Canada, and, and you know, he put together a band, and that band was comprised of uh, Levon Helm, and Garth Hudson, and Richard Manuel and uh, Rick Danko, and uh, Robbie Robertson, and uh, they were extremely popular. Of course, I was too young to get into clubs back then. I was just a wee boy. and uh, But I knew the name right away. You'd see his name in the newspaper every day. Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks at the at Le Coq D'Or. And uh, so uh, anyway, around 1966, <laughs> I think it was 66 or early 67, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my dates mixed up. But one night, uh, Bob Dylan came in and saw them play, and uh, Bob Dylan uh, went and met the band after the show, and he said uh, to Ronnie and to the band, you know, I'm going electric, I'm doing a tour in England, I'm going to start playing electric, and I need a band, and you guys want to join me? And so they said, adios, Ronnie, uh, as they say in Canada, <laughs> or, or see you later, right? Eh? And um, that was it. They, they went and became Bob Dylan's band, and then, of course, they became the band. Uh, but... So roll the clock ahead in 1984 after making the album strange animal at uh, Ringo's home uh, i came home in around j- july and the re- cbs were columbia records were very excited about the record they really liked what they heard and they thought let's really put together a good promotion for this record and you can we'll make a couple of really you know strong videos you know because the songs would let okay well that's going to take time and my buddy of mine named Bob Schindel, sound engineer, very popular in Canada, very, probably the number one sound engineer in the country. He was doing sound for Ronnie, and uh, they needed a piano player. So he said, oh, my friend, you know, Gowan, G-O-W-A-N. He, the piano. <laughs> he plays the piano. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. That damn
0: Gowan guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> i'll never get ann wilson now that's over
1: <laughs> by the way w-i-l-s-o-n <laughs> i'm
0: gonna get your number i'm gonna text you hey i got a guess can you spell it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, so, um,
0: <laughs> ruin a good story
1: right, for my all right, viewers right, okay, <laughs> so uh yeah i joined ronnie's band and the wonderful thing is i, I can go i can go on that because i got a chance with you know, obviously Ronnie, phenomenal musicians he's always had in his band, but in 1995, okay, so we're going 11 yeah. years beyond that. His 60th birthday in Toronto was at Massey Hall. That would be like the Carnegie Hall of Toronto. And uh, his 60th birthday there, and he had Jerry Lee Lewis and Carl Perkins. These are guys that he knew back in in, in his days in in, in Arkansas, wow. and and the band who were his band, and uh, he had Jeff Healey. Join us on guitar, young Toronto lad. Yeah, there you go. There's a picture of it. Way to go! And uh, you know, I was his alumni piano player. And by that time, I'd had quite a few hit records. And uh, but I used to love. Well, Ronnie loved if I did my little Richard kind of moment in his shows. And so he kind of turns the stage over to me, and I did. Uh, I did some little Richard. I did one of on my own, but I did my uh, a little Richard. Turned. Did you? Yeah. And um, yeah, you can look at it. It's called Let It Rock, Ronnie Hawkins, Let It Rock. It's on YouTube there. And, uh, you know, it went over great, but I'm playing on stage. And it's Carl Perkins and Jerry Lee Lewis and the band and, you know, and Ronnie and this. It was a legend. Phenomenal uh, night that I, that I, again, you know, I'm very blessed by the universe, I guess, to, to have all these lucky little things come dancing into my. Uh, orbit. Oh man, I mean, come on, that's I,
0: those are icons that you just mentioned, people who wrote the Bible rock and roll. Yeah, they, oh, they did. They absolutely did. And
1: one, one, the one regret I have is I really wish I had had the opportunity to meet little Richard. And you we, didn't get to meet him, huh? No. And when we played in, uh, he was living in Nashville yeah. and, uh, toward the end of his time on Earth. Uh, that And he was, they told, Told me that the, the where he was living, I live in this nice new condo, was right next to the Bridgestone Arena where we were playing. And I thought, God, it's sound check even. They said, yeah, Little Richard is like, Hillary. and I just thought, God, I'm just a few, I'm a few feet away. I wonder if I could just luck into bumping into him. You know, I had a great bump into one day with Elton John and another story. But anyway, uh, I was hoping we could do that. And it just the time didn't work out. And I thought, well, I'll make more of an effort next time. And now he's gone. So, seize the moment. You seize the moment. You know, I'll tell you. I'm gonna name drop right now,
0: Gowen with an A. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Listen, Gowan, I'll, I'll get you right now. You know, <laughs> actually, this is a, you anyway, are great. Yeah. You're a Larry. You really are a great. I call you Larry or Lawrence. Well, I, I don't don't wanna, me, Larry. You're, you're, What do you like?
1: What do you like? All it, the guys I used to play hockey with called me Larry
0: cuz so, Elvis would call you Larry and I'm kind of yeah, like the yeah. Elvis of YouTube.
1: And but Ronnie called me Sir Lawrence, you know. Did but he really? The uh-huh. family always called me Lawrence. It was just it was when I played hockey that um Larry came along. One day I I was like 8 years old and the coach is going through the room and you had to say your name. You always know, to go to the first guy, yeah. Bill, yeah. What's your name? Jimmy. What's your name? You know, yeah, Bob. Yeah, what's your name? John. Hey, nice to meet you. John, who are you? And I went, Lawrence. Went, yeah. <laughs> Lawrence isn't a hockey player's name. You're Larry. And again, <laughs> you know, so that that kind of stuck uh, uh, for a long time. And then I put out an album in 1993 called, because <laughs> I wanted to distance myself from the one-name guy of the 80s. I put out an album called Lawrence Gowan, But You Can Call Me Larry. That uh, That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is great. And quite honestly, the title it, it, that's great. It wasn't my own title because we decided I should use my full name to kind of separate from the 1980s that suddenly had a bit of a stank to it in the early 90s after grunge and, you know, uh, the unplugged thing and all that. And I wanted to get onto something new. And um, my manager, Ray Daniels, who managed Rush for their whole career, yeah. so in the same office as them for 14 years, um, uh, he. <laughs> I said, so if I use my full name, should it be Larry or Lawrence? He went, no, it's got to be Lawrence. He goes, you know, you know, but you can call me Larry. And he kind of walked out the door and I went, what a great title. That is like, that is like the, the quintessential used car. It, it, it's,
0: it's fantastic. I, Rich, Little Richard was on Hollywood Boulevard. I worked at a lingerie store when I was moved to LA and okay. I was, you know, wanted playing my music and all that stuff, which yeah. I, we told you last time a little about my life. So, in a posse of these guys were walking, it was a P.O. box on, on Wilcox Hollywood Way. It was a little Richard, but he had a posse of guys and he was handing out Bibles with his autograph already in it. And I got the Bible, yeah. I took it, but I, this was about 95, 96. Right. And I don't know what I did with it. And I'm such uh. an idiot, but I got to meet him real quick. He handed it to me and, and, uh, Got rid of it. Such an idiot I was. I was but he, he oh. had he looked like little Richard. You know, he had the hair. He yeah. was, he had the, the he was all done up.
1: Yeah. No one looked like Little Richard as much as Little Richard. I did see him live. I did see him live. Sorry, I should mention that. I saw him with Chuck Berry. We okay. We were playing in it was in Michigan. Uh do, 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 oh boy, I wish I could remember
0: exactly where. It, You saw him with Chuck Berry around the, let the good times roll around
1: that time frame
0: with that documentary. Uh,
1: Uh, Sorry. Uh, Maybe 2000, 2000, 2001, something like that. Um, Sticks were playing there the next night. They were there. So I got there a day early to, uh, because we had a day off. I got there a day early to see that show and uh, Chuck Berry was on first and uh, nice to see him, but little Richard came on. He had a horrendous cold. So he had a big big box of Kleenex on top of the T on top of the piano and uh, I had a great seat and I was right up close. And you know, he's sneezing and wheezing, and he threw his whole spirit into that show with complete abandon, you know. And he had that whole thing about, you know, I'm gonna be blowing my nose, and that's just the way it is wow, <laughs> just the way he was with the audience, he just loved them, you know. So, I um. Yeah. That's so cool. It was That's great. So cool. Great, you know, I go, I look at YouTube's of him often, you know. And I only heard of him because of <clears throat> as a little kid that I heard Paul McCartney mention him in, a, in an interview, you know. I, you know, because he did uh, you know, long tall Sally was on a on a Beatle record. And I thought, wow, Paul can he can morph his voice into all kinds of directions.
0: I'm and down, like just at home. Yeah. yeah. I'm
1: down was exactly that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. I mean, you and I go down. We could go down. You know, I did get to see who it was his band. And as a keyboard,
1: but you'll, you'll love this one. Johnny Johnson. Well, we. OK, we played Johnny Johnson. We you made did? a record with Johnny Johnson. Yes, oh. we did. Sticks have a song called Hey, Mr. Johnson. That's obviously dedicated to him in. Oh boy, around 2002 or three. Uh, 2120 South Michigan in Chicago is the Blues uh, Blues Museum. Bluesology or whatever it's called. Oh shoot, I should know that because uh, Jackie Dixon runs it. Well, um, I don't know A, A
0: from E, so you, you're allowed to foul. Right, so you know, really I-
1: Dixon, all these great uh, bands uh, re- recorded there in the in the fifties. You know, Muddy Waters, and uh, anyway, uh, that's why the Rolling Stones have an album called Twenty One Twenty South Michigan. They all the songs they loved so much. They were disciples of of the blues, of that Chicago Electric blues, particularly. And so that's why they went and made, I think it was Aftermath, one of those. Oh, no, sorry. The the album was called 2120 South Michigan. Sorry. So um, anyway, so we were invited there because JY, Stakes, is a great contributor to that. um, And we met Coco Taylor and uh, Willie Dixon's son and daughter, uh, Jacqueline, was there. Yeah. And uh, they brought in Johnny Johnson, the piano player from Chuck Berry. Uh, who, by the way, Johnny B. Good is actually about. You know, uh, it wasn't actually a guitar in a gunny sack; it was a piano. Uh, but they, they changed the lyrics to kind of make it sound like it was a guitar player. Anyway, Johnny, uh, getting to meet him, play next to him. We did uh, we did a version of Blue Collar Man with Coco Taylor singing, Johnny and I yeah. both playing piano bits. Uh, and uh, and then we wound up doing a song called "Hey Mr. Johnson" that's to him. And last time I saw him, we, we were playing in St. Louis, where we just played last week, the same venue, the uh, the uh, uh, River uh, somehow called the Hollywood Amphitheater. Anyway, they always change the names, but it was the Riverside. Uh, anyway, uh, nineteen thousand people. That's all I can tell you. It was a phenomenal night, just just a few nights ago. But we, he came out to the show there. Uh, with, with his wife and, and uh, we spent a great evening with her. It's just great to have a, have that as well, you oh, know, yeah. add to the whole lexicon. So Johnny Johnson, the piano player of Berry, Chess to- Studios. Was it Chess
0: Studios? Ch- it wasn't Chess oh, Studios? Was. Yeah. Well,
1: well, hold on. Is
0: well, it well, the place well, where, where the Stones supposedly saw Chess, muddy waters?
1: Chess Studios. Yes, exactly. That's what it, it is. It's, I getting it mixed up with <clears throat> what's the one in Memphis again? Sun. Oh, I know. I know it's Sun, but what's that? Yeah, it's chess, isn't it? It's Chess studio. That's where
0: the supposedly the stones saw muddy what is painting. And Brian Jones is getting saying. a little bit. That's okay.
1: I, muddy waters flowing through my brain right now.
0: Yeah, I think it was. It could have been Chess Studios because that's where the stones yeah. supposedly saw him painting, and they go, "Oh my God!" Oh, right you know. But wait, wait, second.
1: Are you, am I still on? Yeah, you're here. You're perfect. 20 South. Michigan. Okay, this is me typing number.
0: What I love one it, it we're stumping chess. each other.
1: Chess records, of course, it's chess. What the hell's wrong with me? Yeah.
0: You mm. know what? You see that, gallon? I might I not spell your name, but I know my studios. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm the dummy now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my show. I'll make any, but no, you're you actually. This is a you're a fun guest, and you got. To come on again, I gotta sure. have
1: you come on again. Sure, if I ever get out from under this railroad, <laughs> this bridge that I'm living under.
0: I, I want to ask you before I let you go because I know you got a show. and We're on. I'm, I went way over time talking. Yeah, I, just, I know. <laughs> go
1: ahead. Did you did you do
0: anything with John Sebastian from Love and Spoonful? Because I had him on the show. Lovely guy.
1: I don't know if you would remember, but yeah, because because uh, on that album we were just talking about Lawrence Gowan, but you can call me Larry. Uh, we recorded ha- half of that record was recorded in Woodstock, New York, because Jerry Marotta, who's the producer of that album, uh, lives there. And, uh, of course, if, if you're in Woodstock, uh, so many musicians of the band were living there for quite a while. Of course. To live leave on hell. But, you know, you'd see so many famous musicians walking down, you know, going into the grocery store. And uh, so we were recording there, and, and uh, we had – one day because Robert Fripp played on one song because he was there and uh, he, he and Tony were working on a, a new Crimson thing and I had a song that fit him and then I had this other song that uh, <clears throat> that John Sebastian was in the studio a few days before and Jerry played it for him and said could you come in and play harmonica and a bit of acoustic so yeah we, we spent a day in the studio together uh the song was called Last Laugh and uh I uh, yeah I could have I could have spoken to him for a long time, but uh, uh, we, we, we had the job to do, and we only spent the one day
0: together. A, a beautiful guy. Yeah. You know, a beautiful <laughs> guy. I have, I actually released a video in, interview with him here, but we have, I got about three hours of interviewing because he was going on and on and telling me about just his, the roots and the Bob Dylan living in the village and yeah
1: you know yeah, I, knew, no, I knew i knew i would lose the day if i started in totally, you know I mean? totally he's got so much he's, he's such an encyclopedia of all those things but we really were focused on the song for that Danny he, he, did, he did a wonderful job and
0: this is why you know like because you love the stories the history i mean of of the music i mean it's nothing like it i mean there's there was such these stories are great and and that's why it's fun to reminisce with you and you know what? You're a great guest, man. And everybody out there, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Mr. Gowan go. And and if you guys are looking him up, don't Google uh E. Put an A. Replace that really quick. <laughs> but I'll put the links down below with the right spelling, the right links. And um man, I hope I get to catch you guys um and, and see one of your shows when next time you play the Washington area, maybe I'll
1: take a trip. I wanna to, like to see your criminal yeah.
0: like to see yeah. that strange animal yeah. album that you're doing.
1: <laughs> We just—it's too bad because just a few months ago we did uh, the mission in its entirety in Washington. Um It would have been great if you'd seen that show, but we we will be back. We'll, god's will upon
0: us. Yeah, we'll be back, and I'll be following you. And then hopefully one day we could do an interview in person, and it'd be nice to shake your hand. You've been a lovely guest, and I appreciate your time coming back for a part two with me. But um, this we'll time come
1: back more. put it there, pal. You know what? You got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right and you know what i'll do for you knuckles and since we're name dropping i'll make sure i tell eric singer you say hello all right
1: <laughs> yes i think his last name's spelled
0: s-w-i-n-g-e-r though well that's not his his name is men singer he's a so he's so annoying i can't even stand him sometimes but...
1: Showbiz sure person who changed their name i've never heard of such a thing.
0: that's that's right you know who does that the jewish people except for me i left my last name adika <laughs> that's it
1: <laughs> i think their bass player changed his name
0: I I think so I think so but man Lawrence you've been a lovely guest I appreciate you and everybody in the chat give us a thumbs up subscribe and give give Larry an applause and tonight you. Tonight, you. Tonight, tonight you are playing let me put this up for everybody out there tonight River Bend Music Center And he's going to be out there playing there's a ticketmaster.com link click on that check them out Sticks REO Speedwagon Loverboy they're in your town don't yeah. mess around Fun. Lovely, lovely, fun. lovely hanging. part
1: two I look forward to seeing you somewhere up the
0: road, man. I'll play the intro to get us out of here. I'll let you out of the out of the studio. Thank you very much for coming on here. It was My a pleasure. pleasure talking to you. Nice talking to you. To you. All right. Much love to you. All right. Call your name right next time. <laughs> <So> get <laughs> out of here, Larry. It's okay. Yeah. Right, Bye.
1: <laughs>
0: Bye. All right, everybody. That was uh, Lawrence Gowan right there from Sticks hanging out with us. And thank you for hanging out with us. And let me see. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that bell to be reminded when we come on. That's right, and down below I'll put the links. You'll see Lawrence and Sticks; they're performing. Follow them and uh, make sure you know you, you subscribe to this channel. Last night I took you. The footage might have been not so great to Stevie Nicks, but I'm gonna try to do some good stuff. We didn't get copyright strike, but I was glad to bring you people to the Stevie Nicks concert that I went to. And thank you, Sharon, for getting me those tickets. And it was a beautiful experience for my wife and my daughter, Brooklyn. We sure needed it. So if you're ever feeling down and low anybody, go to a concert, drag your behindy out there. It'll make you feel better. That's right. And everybody, follow this channel. You never know when we're coming on or when I'm going to do a surprise. And if you want to see more unedited content, which we have something of Lawrence Gowan over there in Patreon, join Patreon. We have full unedited content can't even talk. Full unedited episodes there. And by you joining, it keeps this channel alive. Am I begging? Yes, because I want to be here to bring you the stories of good old rock and roll. Until then, everybody, I love you all. And I want to thank you all for being here. Thank you for the super chats today as well. Seven Seven Danny, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. As always, Debbie Muller, mwah, love you too. Mitch Weissman, you're late, but I still love you. Uh, thank you over here, Todd, for being here. Big applause to you too, my friend, for being here and also check out my other channel adika live coffee talk with adika we have billy hayes of midnight express and that will be released wednesday but billy's been leaking it out he loved the way i did an edit so he's been leaking it out on his web page but i am doing part two and i'm going to link that together and i'll release that wednesday i'll see you on youtube monday morning with the good old dr g but until then everybody i love you so much i don't want to leave but i gotta leave it's that time now, get out of here, you crazy kids. Bam. And for some more great episodes, make sure you click right over here. All righty? I'll see you later. Mwah!